Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. Crank it up to 11, and we have a special one for you today, Normies. We're going back in time, all the way to the 80s, so get things turned upside down. Lego my ego, talk to the hand, roll a d20, it's time for Stranger Things. Mornings are for coffee and contemplation. This finger looking good. Friends don't lie. This is Bald Eagle. Turn around. How's the pullout? Stop behaving like a jackass and ask him what he's doing that's making my magnets fall off my damn fridge! We're back, Normies. That's right. We're going to be talking Stranger Things, and today we're joined by very special guest, Cassie. What's up, you dinguses? Ooh. Oh. It's sassy, Cassie. This is Mike. Joe? Uh, I'm going by two this time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I've decided I'm one of the lost children. One of the OG. Be, yeah, the lost, <laughs> the lost brother. Who were lost for this entire season, and we'll determine whether or not that was to the benefit or detriment of people's arcs. So, oh, I'm going to say Chicago benefit. Kids. But we're yeah. back. How are you guys? We're talking Stranger Things, the newest normie, right? I mean, is that the oh, pitch yeah. that we would make? You say it every episode. This this might be the most normie thing. We've no, it's the newest. It's not the most. It's the newest, undoubtedly. Well, what's interesting is um, it takes things that used to be super niche and is now bringing them into the normie, things like D&D and all that. So we'll definitely get in there. But it's the newest of kind of, yeah, the normie nerd fad, like absolutely. And it's absolutely huge. Oh, yeah. And like we haven't done a Legends episode on uh, Steven Spielberg yet, but we have on Stephen King. So, I mean, we kind of have touched on what makes Stranger Things strange. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's the DNA of Spielberg and Stephen King. That's what everyone says. The Stevens coming together. That's right. And it's weird that they've never actually worked together on anything professionally. Yeah. But I just want to get off the bat, guys. What you been up to? How's it going? I know we missed last week due to unforeseen circumstances. I narrowly escaped a hurricane in Houston. Uh, My whole world got turned upside down, but I'm glad that we're back and we're doing this episode (laughs) together. I'm happy you're here too, Mike. Yeah, it seems like you had something excited. So why don't you kick us off with the watch? Oh yeah, hit us with the watch, buddy. I mean, basically, I was uh, I've been on the road the last two weekends. I was working, and then I was at my cousin's wedding. But weather delays and stuff like that resulted in me being stuck in Houston for 24 hours longer than I needed to be. Luckily, I got some brisket, got some barbecue, made it back on time. But uh, we were going to record last week, but that's when I was I was stuck in Houston. So apologies to the listeners. We're back. We out here. And thanks for sticking it out. How about you guys? Oh, you know, a lot of prep uh, tomorrow, leaving for San Diego for SDCC. So there's going to be a lot of fun stuff there. Um, Steam sales over. I picked up a couple new games. Been playing Arkham uh, Knight for the last couple weeks. That's been pretty fun. Doing a lot of those, like, challenge maps and stuff like that. Excellent, Mm. excellent. I'm kind of there, too, with you, Joe. Uh, I'm not really doing a whatcha as much as, like, a, a what should I? Uh, uh, <laughs> my question to Mike, you're our video game guy. You're a, yeah. you're a great retro video game guy, too. You know, you got a lot of opinions on 90s games. Mm-hmm. What what would you say? Joe was talking Steam sales. I don't have Steam. PlayStation's got a billion bundle deals right now to where they're literally selling. Do you want all the Spyro games, all the Crash Bandicoot games? Do you want uh, Medieval, the remake of that's coming out, the remaster of that, uh, all the Mega Man games together? Do you have an opinion as far as, like, if I wanted that 90s experience, which one of those bad boys should I be jumping on? 
Here's the thing. It might be yeah. controversial. I mean, I would just say get a Raspberry Pi. Yeah, or, well, you know, I know. I know I've got my Pi. I've thought about that, too, and I have touched those guys. But I want something where it's like I know it's not going to fuck up halfway through. And it does look polished. For the PlayStation, yeah. platform still emulation isn't great. So it just comes down to what games you like. I think that Mega Man one sounds very appealing because they haven't made a new Mega Man in God knows how long. Uh, I have the Crash... And the Spyro remasters of the first three, and those are excellent. I especially like the Spyro one. It just comes down to whatever you're more nostalgic for. Pull the trigger because they have been executed very well. Like they've done a good job with those. So, Colin, it's not quite as nostalgia filled, but do they have the Uncharted collection on that? Cause yeah, they do have a couple like. of those as well. Yeah, PlayStation's kind of the place to go to for the, for those uh, bundles. And Mike, you say you're unbiased. You have talked up Nitro Racing on here several times. Crash Obviously, team racing, you're, yeah. you're a Bandicoot guy. Come on. I am a Crash Team Racing guy more than I am a Crash Bandicoot guy. Like I like Spyro more than Crash, but yeah. that is the definitive kart racer. Mario Kart, get fucked. Like that's it. Mario Kart, get oh, fucked. <laughs> I live out. and die by Crash Team Racing. I actually did play a lot of Crash Bandicoot. Um... I love Crash Bandicoot. I also have the remaster. We don't play it because you don't like it, but I very much enjoy Crash. That was one of the first games I ever played as a kid. Um, the racing's fun and all, but I don't think anything beats the anxiety of the rock chasing you and you are reversed and you don't, you can't see. Oh, where now you're my going. sister knows exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. I used to freak her out too. Yeah. You're running towards the camera and you can't see anything that you need to jump over. Yeah, that was legendary. Like no game had ever done anything with that kind of format, and it was as you know scary as it was that was what was so fun about it was the manic panic of oh my god what's gonna happen because that would happen you you'd be running wrong like normal and all of a sudden the rock or whatever it was sometimes it was a dinosaur chasing you Mm -hmm. would come out and the camera would flip and it was like oh here we go (laughs) so it's like yep maybe i need to start playing crash again i haven't been i haven't been playing much of any video games lately well, Donkey Kong gave us the uh, the Temple of Doom experience and the minecart, and Crash Bandicoot gave us Raiders of the Lost Ark with the boulder. So, bringing it back to Spielberg and kind of the Stranger Things influences with that one. Good save, good save. Back Thank you. Also, like, yeah, what you been up to? What you been watching? What you been playing, Cass? Mm-hmm. I am also going to Comic Con now. It's become very serious. Uh, it's gonna be insane. It was gonna. I at first, you know wasn't planning on doing much and now it's going to very 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 much be a thing so last time i went was two years ago skip last year and now i'm back at it and we'll we'll see what it's like this time that is awesome i'm kind of jealous i've never been to comic-con it always seems like a super good time so you're gonna have to take tons of photos and let us know how it, oh, for how sure. it is definitely see what kind of hauls you guys get <laughs> um so that being said, we're all caught up. Shall we flip back in time to the 80s, go a little analog, 4x3, standard definition, talk Stranger Things? Yeah, let's dive into the Upside Down. We're back. We're in the Upside Down. It's 1984, somewhere in there, and uh, we're here to talk Stranger Things, the Netflix phenomenon created by the Duffer Brothers. 
Yeah, you know, uh, we do reaction episodes. This isn't exactly reaction episode, even though we're doing this post uh, Stranger Things three, not even season three. You got to just call it what it is, Stranger Things three. Uh, but we're going to be talking all things Stranger Things, our general thoughts and opinions, you know, just in this up top portion where we're just talking about the show. Uh, you said we're back to the 1980s. It, wrong, Mike. It's 2016. It's July. Uh, the show just oh, dropped. <laughs> it, it dropped on Netflix. Zero fanfare. You know, literally, uh, you saw zero commercials. I don't know about you guys, but it really wasn't until like the week before the show premiered I saw anything about it. No, Joe really cued me into it pretty early, like, hey, we are going to watch this, and this is going to be a game changer. So I was the only one, I remember at the time I was working at an agency, and we didn't rep any of those actors, so no one really cared. And I remember coming back after it premiered, and it was all the whole company was talking about it. We gotta get these kids. Yeah, gotta get these kids, gotta keep up with this, this is the new hot thing. So we were definitely ahead of the curve, as always. But that was a really exciting time because that doesn't really happen anymore where something like magical just like captures the Zeke guys. So that was probably the last such a, you know, probably the shining star of that year because 2016 was a little rough. Yeah, I mean, this is I remember the three of us, Colin, Cassie and I, uh, we watched episode one at midnight. Like that was one of the ones where it was like probably the first time we've done that with a Netflix show where it was like, oh, they just added it. Maybe Daredevil as well. Um, but yeah, it was an overnight success. You see, there's another thing for me, like with Game of Thrones, like I didn't get on it until a little bit after the hype train had built up and died down. It's again, made for me. It's everything that I like. So once I finally watched it, you binge the whole season and now I absolutely adore the series and, you know, we'll have more in-depth thoughts about it as a whole. But yeah, I kind of jumped on a little bit later, but really surprise hit and it just capture the imagination of everybody and it's kind of saving netflix well and kind of how was it sold to you mike was it pitched as a dungeons and dragons show they said it was like yeah. spielberg and stephen king i got uh the goonies mixed with it is kind of how somebody mm. described it the first season to me and that is the perfect pitch uh cassie it's very interesting what you said about how it became afterwards because like what it was when it came out winona Ryder has a new show like, that's mm-hmm. what you heard. She was sort of the only actor on the program anybody noticed. But posted, it was, we got to see this kid show. Like, this show with kids. Like, these are the best kid actors anybody's ever had. You know, these kids are going to go on and do this. All the, you know, the real interesting stuff is blah, blah, blah. The children, blah, blah, blah. The youth element of it. Um, and that certainly carried through. So, uh, you know, you again, how something is pitched to you. Mike, I'm positive at some point somebody must have said to you, well, they do play Dungeons & Dragons on this show, because that's definitely <laughs> how I, like, seeing one of the trailers was like, well, is that a D20 that kid's rolling? Yeah, I'll probably watch this show. <laughs> oh, man. And, yeah, as soon as I saw the yeah. D&D scene, I'm like, all right, this is everything I like. They have Star Wars references and, like, all these callbacks, you know. And it's not just callbacks either. Like, the plot of the show is so intense with uh, Will Byers going missing and all the mystery. Like, it, this first season especially is so well-constructed as that... that spooky small town you know and out of nowhere like again to say like that there wasn't a lot of fanfare built up from netflix it's not their fault like literally the duffer brothers the only thing they had done before this was that um tv show that m night Shyamalan was adapting on fox that was the that just went nowhere uh wayward pines uh Mm. you know they did two seasons of that the duffer brothers were executive producers on it but then they were just pitching this show in the background under its original name montauk for long island up in uh, new york 
uh, a weird 80s set, you know, like what could it be? Uh, we definitely want, you know, the future is streaming devices. We want it to seem like a movie. We want it to be 10 episodes that really just keep you hooked and keep you going. We want to pace it out perfectly. We want to incorporate the D&D stuff because we want to pace it like a D&D session. Uh, and I love that. I mean, you know, thank God that Netflix did take a chance on these kids. Yeah, and obviously we've seen that format work so well because, you know, season two and season three, like you said, it's Stranger Things 2 and Stranger Things 3. Like, they're very much inspired by the 80s movies and the way they happen. Yeah, and that's kind of very telling to the landscape of television and streaming media now. It's like, do we have seasons? Do we have miniseries? Is this a TV show? It's like, well, no, it's just Stranger Things 1, 2, and 3. Um, and I think that's a pretty good way to do it. What I also like is, you know, obviously it's referencing the 80s, but in a lot of ways it's reflecting back on it, where each season has one iconic 80s thing at the center, where season one is D&D, season two is the arcade culture, and season three is a shopping mall. So, like, each season has a strong, like, pillar of pop culture that the plot kind of Yeah, that was my around. youth. That was my youth. D&D, arcades, and shopping malls, baby. Yeah, man, likewise. So I, I just like that they kind of have this through line uh, for each season. Yeah. Um, I want to see more D&D, though. Uh, they didn't give us an, a much in this last yeah, season. Yeah, I'd be curious how that'll go. That was one of my favorite things about this season, how the whole time Will's like, can we just play fucking D&D already? It's all I want to do. I'm Will That's how wise. I feel. I feel like it's been too long. You know, we got a and d game listeners that we run every once in a while. Colin is our excellent amazing dm yeah and it's a bummer uh, that i'm not interested in girls because i'm always pestering you guys to play (laughs) yeah i really (laughs) wish the girls would start playing with them oh that would be nice too yeah sadie and like maybe teach Elle how to play like maybe robin could get into that i'm sure steve oh yeah figure it out like i know that's their thing but i think what is so great about D D is how it's inclusive and like People find out about it and they're at first like, oh, what is that? But then they get into it and it's their life and it's all they think about. And I think it'd be really fun, like moving forward, if they would include the girls in it. Well, that's their party now. The party is expanded. We have a lot more new members with new skills. Let's bring them in. I think that's a great idea. And at least, you know, there's a hint of that maybe at yeah. the end of this season. We talked a little bit about it up top about the uh, expanding party. That is kind of an issue that they hit with season two. So it came two years later, guys. There was a bit of a gap. Uh, Keep in mind, again, like I said, July was when Stranger Things hit. It had that real horror-themed feel. But two years later, they said, let's drop it in October. Let's do the lead-up to Halloween, season two, the big tie-in. Mike, you said the arcade. I would argue maybe a little more closer would be the Halloween elements of it because the, the, the Ghostbusters. Oh, absolutely. The pumpkin patch being a big season two plotline as well. Uh, but also just like you said, like the larger cast of characters, the growing world. Audiences did not like when we went to Pittsburgh and we left Hawkins, Indiana. <laughs> um, was that like, Chicago? No, I think it was Pittsburgh, I believe, right? Or was it Chicago? Uh, when we sure go and see honest. the Lost Sister, but uh, I'll confirm. But yeah, that whole subplot gave a lot. A lot of people were not very uh, happy about that. Yeah. So I mean, how does it hit you guys? Just thinking about sequels, did did season two ramp up like a sequel should, like an '80s sequel should? It definitely got bigger and yeah. like more expansive. I mean, even like we went from one Demogorgon to now they have like the Demodogs and like the threat has gotten larger. The Thessal Hydra later named the Mind Flayer. Like it definitely got bigger. But 
for me, I prefer the season one kind of, it's more concise and more focused. I still enjoyed season two, but it got a little too big, which that's like sequelitis, right? That just happens anyway. So I don't know what your thoughts are. Yeah, season two is probably my least favorite out of the three. Um, I just, it doesn't feel like there's as much going on, even though the stakes are bigger. Yeah. I mean, I'll I'll be the counter. I, I thought season two was great. You know, you do see a lot of the complaints being, well, you know, you kind of lose track. You know, some of the less focus was on the characters that I like. You've know, got the different dynamics, but you also had the cultivation of a bunch of different dynamics. That's where Dustin and Steve got together for the first time. And boy, did that pay off in season three. Yeah, that's oh, true. Yeah. You get the introduction it, of the Russian subplot, Brett Gelman's character, the 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 news conspiracy man in the background. Um, I think it, it just does what 80 sequels did, which is, yeah, it cheeses out a little, but I don't take that as a negative. I, I loved it. I, I watched season two before season three again, just to rewatch it. And on that second viewing, a lot more positive. I think one of the things with season two is, um, like some of the characters that they introduced were really strong. Like I liked when Erica came in, I liked Max, but then like Billy was just so one note because he had Steve Harrington in season one who had this arc where he's a total douchebag and then now you like him. Billy, like except for one scene where they showed that his dad is like a huge ass, he's like pretty like irredeemable and like hard to relate to. So, but season three, he's a stud. So Uh, still not my favorite. Still not my favorite in season three. I think he's a good bad guy, but still not my favorite. I don't think he's a good bad guy. I think mm. one oh, of the wow. biggest complaints of Stranger Things is the poor character development of Billy. Um, mm-hmm. I think they wanted him to be like, oh, everyone thinks he's so hot. And it's like, he's fine. But he's not, like, Steve is still somehow hotter than him in various uh. ways. And, like, I think it would have worked if, like, at first I was like, ooh, who's the new hot guy? Wow, he's so hot. And then he slowly turns into more and more of, like, oh, he's a real threat, and it just didn't really work out like that because I don't think people latched onto him like they hoped that they would. And he just opens as kind of a jerky brother to Max. He's always putting her down and, you know. Yeah, and even by the time he gets his redemption, it doesn't really feel, like, earned. I don't really care about that moment all that much because, I mean, he essentially spends all of Stranger Things 3 like taken over it's not even him it's just the mind flayer inside him yeah but and i would argue too you know everybody's like wow you know what an interesting calculating villain he's gonna be this season but again he's being controlled and as the main puppet of the puppet master he cannot engage in any of the combat action extraordinary circumstances because he might lose his control to the one person that he has so most episodes end with Billy sort of like lurking in the background, watching from the bushes as he's just like wringing his hands at the Scooby-Doo bunch. And you're like, well, you know, like fucking get involved or don't. Uh, the main inspiration the Duffer brothers gave Dacre Montgomery, the actor who plays him, was Jack Torrance from The Shining. You know, you're Jack Nicholson. You're losing your mind. You should just be strutting around, have that blank look on your face. But at the end of the day, like... There was no, like, in the movie The Shining, there is no embodiment of the hotel that you see wringing his hands in the background that we say, oh, he's really pulling the strings. You're so focused into Jack Nicholson commanding the screen, losing his mind, and you're there with him. So, I don't know. 
Yeah, I mean, I get the Shining reference, especially like for episode four, the song. Oh, when test. he bursts through, yeah. A I mean, door? it's like, yeah. come on. I mean, for I, I get that, but yeah, maybe the fact that he's just being puppeted. But I, I guess I just, I just liked him being full heel, like, and his mannerisms. I don't know. I just kind of bought it. Um, worked for me. I think this is a good way to transition though into like who are your favorite and then least favorite characters so far in all three Stranger Things? Kind of set a baseline. I'd like to throw it to Cassie first. Favorite and least favorite characters? Well, my obvious favorite is Elle. I think she's grown and she still has a long way to go. And we've seen now she's struggling with her powers. She's going to have to get her mojo back. And I really hope she comes back bigger than ever. Oh, badass and awesome. Um, I really don't like Sadie. I don't know why she's there. I don't know what she has to do other than be Lucas's girlfriend. Like, I really have no clue why she is there. Um, I don't think she's that interesting of a character. I don't think her and Elle befriending each other after not... After being, like, weird frenemies, like... I wish they would have just kept up with that. Like, that felt very fake and forced. Also, mm. where did they get their money for their little shopping store? Uh, huh? Where did yeah, they get their money? It cost sure. money to go to the Gap. Um, and so. you're talking Sadie Sink, who plays the character Max. Um, Cassie, we will be seeing you wear that little yellow outfit, I'm sure, for Halloween. <laughs> what, what little yellow Elle's little yellow outfit with the uh, suspenders? Oh, the Come on, you got to get that. you got to get that. suspenders that crisscrossed in the front, like, for ladies, that that changed, that blew my mind. Dude, it's like, badass. That, like, that, like, suspenders are fun, but for ladies, like, they don't really make sense. But when you crisscross them like that, not only is it functional, but it's also fashionable. And yeah. it, like, kind of turns the whole thing on its head. So, like, I don't know if that's an 80s thing, crisscrossing suspenders. Is that an 80s thing? I wasn't. I wasn't thinking about suspenders because I was only around for two years of the eighties. <laughs> I was not around for the eighties. So I caught the backdraft of the eighties, as you know. But yeah, yeah. I, but I think like it definitely feel the attention to detail and the costume design and everything, even the props and the you know the cereal boxes. Like they, I wonder how they got all these artifacts. You know, it's like very well done. Well, they just started making them again, like new Coke. Oh, that's true. Oh, geez, I forgot about the new Coke commercial yeah. in this season. Uh, I mean, Mike, a lot of it's left over. Like, when the first season was airing, my brother texted my mom and I in a group text and said, look at this picture. And it was Mike Finn Wolfhard, the main kid. It was his pillowcases, and it was a picture that my brother had of his pillowcase from the 80s, and it was exactly the same. <laughs> I mean, it's just wow. all this stuff that all these people just held on to. Yeah. Colin, favorite and least favorite character? I'll be the most normie on the planet because uh, I've, I've talked to Joe about this off, off pot a thousand times. Everybody says Steve Harrington's their favorite character because Steve Harrington is the best character on the planet. He is the most complexly written character for a teen, maybe on TV. I mean, I'll, I'll go as bold as to say that. Hmm. Uh, he was correct in season one in smashing the camera. Like, look at it that way. When uh, uh, Jonathan was taking the pictures of Nancy that were inappropriate, and he discovered that. And then he got yelled at for doing that. So what yep. does he do? He sits by himself and thinks, well, I'm positive I was right, but I guess I handled it wrong because the person I love is upset. I guess I need to grow and listen. And you're like, what? The, yep. the you learned? Yeah, the high school douchebag is, like, having thoughts like that on TV – Thoughts that, like, my friends don't have, like, you know, or have that kind of emotional intelligence. Like, it's incredible. And the arc that he's gone from season one, bad guy to good guy, season two, 
good guy to best guy babysitter and then yep. season three just to discovering himself even more and discovering the people around him i i love steve he he has such yeah. great comedic timing too like one of my favorite moments in the series he's walking up with flowers and he's just rehearsing what he's gonna say to nancy and he's like i'm sorry what the hell am i sorry for every time i see that i laugh so hard he's so yeah. good at just like that Quick timing. Joe Keery, the actor that they cast, they really could not have lucked out more. Uh, this season, particularly, he has to handle a bulk of the exposition. There's the episode in, uh, I think, seven this season, where he literally stands in the circle once they regroup, not with all of the adults, but like half of the kids, and he says, Hold on. So, what you're telling me is this has happened, that's happened, this has happened, and it's like, man, if he was worse, we would all be fucking suffering, but he just sells this shit. I mean, even if he was one of the other kids, yeah. really, like, if Lucas had to do all that, it wouldn't have played as well. And thank goodness, I have to actually revise my answer now. Um, Maya Hawk, guys, she steals Stranger Things 3. Oh, my and God. Her paired with Steve. Man, like, is there anything cooler than the reformed jerk teaming up with a lesbian so they both can ogle girls at uh, Blockbuster? Yet, or I'm sorry, family, family video, video, which I even very better. much appreciate. Very much appreciate the family video nod. I'm very excited for Stranger Things four because of that in specific. Uh, because she blew it out of the park, and I love them together so much. Yeah, let me quickly. Uh talk about the robin thing i think that's great and i love when she goes to family video to pitch to the guy to hire steve like all these girls are going to come in and he can't handle them all he needs your help and like really i'm thinking robin's like i'm going to draft uh, off of his popularity too i can help him out um she's a great character so uh, the I'm moment where he slides under the urinal to really confront her you know about their uh, evolving relationship i mean that's just some powerful shit guys and you read yeah. this stuff from the duffer brothers and from her, from Maya Hawk getting interviewed, where they say, like, yeah, we didn't really know that she was gay when we started the season. And, like, we really didn't have any of that stuff sort of figured out till those episodes when we were shooting them and stuff. So, really, we were kind of improvising it all on set. And if Joe Curie and Maya Hawk hadn't been spending every moment of their time together offset rehearsing together, you would not feel that palpable chemistry as good as you do. And it's like, again, fuck you fucking lucked out, guys, that you've got the coolest show with the most committed actors. You got the Robin, Dustin, Steve trio. And I always say anybody that's been in Gattaca gets a lifetime pass. So she gets a lifetime she, pass through she, genealogy. The, tra the transitive Gattaca property, the transitive Mike. Gattaca property. I love She's that. For life. So, and yeah, I'll just yeah, real so. quick, least, least favorite, favorite, Billy, the Dacry Montgomery. I mean, I just... I, the, what we were promised after season two for the complexity of the character of the Duffer brothers would say like, we're going to delve into why this character has a darkness inside him and for it to be summed up in one montage on a beach of his dad kind of yelling at him. Look, I know a lot of guys that happen to, they don't fuck moms at the pool. You know, it's like, they're not that despicable. Why, why was he that way? Probably because he's just a psychopath. Like likely answered. Joe, yeah. what about your favorite and least favorite characters? Uh, well, Hopper's my spirit animal, right? <laughs> that <laughs> guy. Yeah. Uh, every face he makes, I mean, like, everything he goes through from, from season one to... I mean, he starts and he's like, small town sheriff, right? And by yep. the end, he looks like Magnum P.I. and he basically is. He's Brody in the 
the first season. Yeah. Yeah. He comes man. Magnum PI. Brody Brody, if Brody had a complex daughter loss backstory that you yeah. just get the subtle taste of. I mean, that's what's so genius about it. We're not gonna dwell, we're not gonna focus on it, but it fuck, it's just enough that David Harbour is gonna sell the shit out of it. And again, that's you know, getting lucky with such a great cast. David Harbour knocks it out of the park. Uh I think in season three he really gets to like Flex how funny he can be. Yeah. Um, like I want that the body this season. Dad. I like, can do anything I want. I'm the chief of police. You know? like, that <laughs> yeah. whole sequence is great. Yeah. Well, you do call the cops. Uh, yeah, so Hopper's obviously my favorite character. Um, mm-hmm. I'll tell you, least favorite, uh, Carrie Elwes, the, the mayor from this season. Oh, I felt like that wish. was just a... Uh, <laughs> I feel like it was just such a wasted opportunity. He didn't really have anything to do. I didn't really believe his performance because it was so one note. Um, yeah. Like I thought that that would kind of be almost like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, right? Where there was like more going on behind the scenes with the mayor, and maybe that like we thought Billy was the main mind flayer, but really it's been in the mayor for years or something like that. Uh, so I just kind of felt like it, it comes and goes so quick. That's probably my biggest missed opportunity on Stranger Things. That actually would have been huge to like imply that the mayor was the mind flayer and cutting the deals with the Russians because he knew they would open the gate wider and shit. I don't know. Like that's that's pretty dope. But you know, Princess Bride fame. If you want Carrie Elwes, go watch that movie. <laughs> I guess if I can quickly throw mine out there, Please. I think my my favorite character that hasn't been taken because I love Hopper, I love Steve. Um, Dustin is also a spirit animal of many of people. He is so like his spirit and energy so i think the tag team of him and steve is good also joyce i think joyce is just awesome she's trying to find will and she won't be told that she's crazy because she knows her son's voice and like won't give it up and she's been through a lot you know with bob and you know yeah yeah i just to jump in sorry mike i i it's hard because you want to say like which one of the children actors is like the best because you they obviously have to hold it down finn wolfhard gets so much work Dustin, mm-hmm. I mean, is so incredibly talented and so funny and just inc- yeah, just fantastic the entire time. If he gets so much more to do this season than Will Noah Shep's character, uh, who I always thought was a fantastic actor as well, but I would I would definitely say Dustin this season was certainly a highlight. Yeah, I, I would say Will's kind of the most shafted of the kids overall, right? Because he's missing all of season one, and I feel like he just he never really gets anything to do. This season, him like kind of having that breakdown about like well, I don't like girls, like that's, yeah, the implied sexuality like, stuff. That's the most that he's gotten. They're like, well, I'm not ready to grow up, and everyone else is fucking growing up. Yeah, and like that was I wanted, yeah, more of that. Like I said, they should have brought the girls, and let's all play D and D together because we're all a big friend group. That would have been a nice touch for that. Um, let me go ahead and get my least favorite character, especially after finishing season three. I think Jonathan has been. I liked him early on, but now he is just garbage. You got to feel bad for the actor because, again, when they were plotting this out, he was supposed to be such a gigantic part. Steve's character, they were going to write off by, like, episode three or four. They started to see, they were like, wait a minute, Joe Curie is, like, one of the best actors we've ever encountered. No, beef it up, beef it up, beef it up. So Jonathan, I mean, his lunch is just getting eaten by Steve, man. I mean, he is not as interesting does not have as good as chemistry with Nancy or any of the other actors on the show. Uh, I mean, it's just, where do you go with that character? 
yeah, I could leave Jonathan and Nancy behind. I don't that, need mm. them. I wish yeah, they it's... died. I wish they were eaten. They're so bad. And I think we need more sacrifices at this point. I think we've got to start killing some darlings for people to be like, oh, these are the stakes. Because that's really, like, people don't realize it, but that's why they love Game of Thrones is because they are bold enough to, like, get rid of beloved characters or, like, not beloved characters. Like, Joffrey, like, people don't like Jonathan. Kill him. Who cares? I think that's a fair point. We might be getting a little too... Um too bloated with our cast here it's going to be hard to follow it up so let's go ahead and let's jump into talking more specific maybe spoilers and story points and let's talk especially the end of season three because there's a lot of things that we can speculate so let's go ahead and talk a little bit more spoiler details stranger things after this We're back. We're flipped upside down, and there's this bass line going. Dun, 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 dun. I don't know where it's coming from, but <laughs> I want to talk spoilers and kind of plot details, uh, especially if season three just wrapped up. But pretty much anything, any season in general, things that you thought could have been done better, or highlights or lowlights. Well, the first thing I gotta say, I mean, what was the name of your guys' mall? Like the mall that you were attached to, that you were living in. Obviously, we said I, we grew up in the '90s, but Forest Fair Mall in Cincinnati, where I grew up, it, it was the leftover remnants of neon '80s mall. It had the Sam Goodies, it had the Reeboks, it had the Suncoast. You know, the exact same shit we were seeing in Stranger Things. Paramus Point in uh, North Bergen. Wow. It had, uh, marble statues everywhere that was kind of its thing with like fountains and shit always remember that theater though theater and mall i think so yeah same theater and mall we had a uh a carousel and you know like kind Ooh, of some yeah too, some yeah. weird yeah fair uh, shit like mike do you remember kb toys kb toys yeah, kb toys for sure we had eb games and gamestop as two distinctive brands Ooh, cassie what was the mall in your hometown called so, Joe grew up in Jersey and whatever. You also grew up in Ohio. What was the mall in Ohio with the WB store? What was that called? Turtle Crossing. Turtle Crossing? No, he's confused. Tuttle Crossing. And that's not a it. A Tuttle Crossing. That is a different mall. <laughs> he's confused. So, this mall was actually in the heart of Columbus, Ohio, which was really weird to have a mall in the heart of like a down city center. That's what it was. Uh, and they had uh, this really weird court where I remember being little and my grandma would be like, someday you'll come here and you'll study when you're in college. And like nope. by the time I was in college, long gone, I'll tell you that. Um, and they would have like, you know, bands playing there and that it was like, you know, weird soft jazz. And they had a Warner Brothers store with these big, it had a big Bugs and a big Daffy on either side. And they had all this great... Warner Brothers merch and there was this like spaceship in the back in the very back and it was for children it was like a play place type thing and you could go in and click buttons and like little cartoon characters would say like Marvin the Martian would do little bits wow. and it well, was huge you could at that just time. like crawl through it and it was like yeah it was just like a play place but I have like the most vivid memories of that it's it's 
staggering how much I remember it. Like, if they, if so they did Stranger Things 90s, we would all be outside that mall in our weird Looney Tunes shirts. Do you guys remember that all they anybody wore? They all had yes. backwards baseball caps and big Air Jordans. <laughs> like, why, why did I have so many shirts with Taz with backwards baseball caps on? <laughs> why, why did you have basketball with jerseys XL basketball for teams jerseys. that you didn't yeah. care about? Yeah. It's like, uh, if you didn't have a Shaq or a Kobe uh, or a Jordan yeah. jersey, like who are you uh yeah. weirder things guys weirder things that's the 90s spinoff but the oh, reason yeah. that i bring it up and i have to ask about you guys mall is it because that sets the tone that's just something when was the last time you guys were in a mall i haven't been inside a mall in maybe 10 years at this point and forest fair is still there but it is condemned and it is a shell of itself <laughs> well i went back home for my cousin's wedding and i went to the mall wow um, now they have a round one out there it's called the great lakes mall I think Forest Fair is the best name for like a spooky show. I think Colin, you have oh, the best name you. of them thank all. Thank you. But yeah, they had like a round one, and I thought that was like a West Coast thing. It's like a bowling Dave and Buster's yeah. type establishment. Mm-hmm. So they're actually their mall is leveling up. It's uh, they're they're doing. Yeah, that's out how it's staying alive. Wow, incredible! Uh, yeah. Incredible. All right, so not well, yet decayed. I, yeah. Yeah, but doesn't it take you back to a time where we all were mall rats hanging out, walking around? That was the only thing you could do, uh, and maybe yep. we were getting attacked by the mind flare. <laughs> Maybe we're still flayed, and that's why we love nostalgia and cannot do anything but buy what we liked when we were children. Yeah. Um, I want to talk the end of season three or the season three plot line, if we can, because a lot of people are saying the whole Russia angle was a cop out, but or like you know it's too much. But like I like that it's reflexive on movies in the eighties all had a Russian bad yeah, guy. So of it's, course it's Red Dawn, it's Rocky Four. You say it's too much. My issue is it's too complex for what happened to everybody. Because at the end of the day, I mean the what if you guys recall, everybody gets team names, right? What happens mm-hmm. to Scoop Troop, aka the ice cream team that goes down in the cellar, by the time they come up they have no idea, one, that the mind flares back, that people are turning into zombies, that monsters are being taken over. They literally think they're just in the middle of a spy Russian espionage story. And then when yep. they get back up, it's like, hold on, Hopper's investigating, you know, the Russians taking over this town too, and you guys are investigating monsters, and hold on, Nancy, you're investigating sick rats, like, and it's all <laughs> tied rats. together. Like, what are right. the fucking <laughs> odds of that? That's insane. Those stranger things have happened, right? Yeah. Oh, nice. All right, that's it for us today, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Hit it. Good seeing you, Normies. I, I like the Russia thing. Everyone's saying that, um, you know, everyone wanted justice for Barb. I want justice for Alexi because, man, uh. he was starting to come around to the American dream. Uh, I felt bad. I, I recently watched Us and, like, kind of the way that it looks at, like, the foundation upon which the American dream is built and the kind of Russian angle with Alexi, like falling in love with the carnival. Like I was going to say, you got to be terrified of carnivals right now, then right now. I don't want to be <laughs> anywhere near a cow. If there's corn dogs, I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. Which normally is a big attractor for me. See, they kill, they killed Alexi. Why can't they kill more people and see how that like created a <laughs> We're story. back like, to oh, this. We're well, but yeah, like, I, I agree. think that was such an unsuspect, just like, you know, Steve, like no one, you know, the Duffers didn't really expect Steve to like people to latch on. Like Alexi was like a sympathetic antagonist, you know, yeah. he's a bad guy. And it's like, they need to be more exploratory of stuff like that. Here's the the cool thing about, you know, that you would hear from Stranger Things 1, people would be like, it's so cool that I'm watching three different TV shows. I'm watching kids 
in an E.T. experience where they find something supernatural that they have to hide away on a fun adventure. Mm-hmm. I'm watching teens in a horror movie that have to run away from the Demogorgon that's you know chasing them, blah, blah, blah. That's like a slasher flick eventually, right? Mm-hmm. And then I'm watching Hopper as the Chief Brody in a Jaws-style you know drama about the town that's like, well, he's got to keep everybody safe. It's a missing kid drama. Oh, definitely. Now yeah. here we are in Stranger Things 3 where, again, the Duffer brothers have to keep applying these filters of, okay, well, if the Scoop Troop team is doing this, uh, let's really cook up the Russian drama. Well, they have to have their own antagonist then, so let's introduce the Terminator. Okay, well, so if the Terminator's doing that, there should also probably be zombie monsters. Well, you know, if there's zombie monsters, they're all going to have to merge together into something gigantic. Like, that. that is kind of where I feel like they're running out of steam as far as, like, your cast is gigantic, and every person in these separate groups has to be in a different movie, but it still has to feel like one movie. Ooh, slow down, guys. Yeah, and I'm in the camp where I really was hoping this was the final season, and then we got that post-credit scene. I Really? And I can break down the reasons why. Yeah, please, tell me, tell me, tell me. So, everyone, this is heavy spoilers for the ending. When it ends, obviously, we assume that Hopper is dead. We, we don't know for sure. We never see the body, but he's near the machine. It explodes. And in the very beginning, when they're trying to play D&D with Will, and then Mike says, I use my fireball. I burn down the whole area, sacrificing myself to kill the juju zombies. And yeah. we're heroes in the minds of the people. That's what Hopper does. He sacrifices himself in a fireball to destroy the mind flayer. And then he lives on as a hero in the memories. But the best thing is he writes that letter that L reads at the end. And at the very end, He's not a hero because he stopped the Russians and stopped the Mind Flayer. He's a hero because he was a good dad to Eleven. And now she doesn't have powers. She can be a normal kid Ugh. at a normal school, and they can just grow up away from all this Mind Flayer nonsense, the upside down. And I thought that was like a great ending. Joyce can move on. Like I, I just thought that's how you end the series. Done. Three. That's my argument. Yeah, it definitely wraps up whatever you could call a proposed trilogy. Wherever they go next, I think, would certainly have to change that cocktail up completely. It's a Jurassic World scenario. Yeah. Yeah, and to, to talk about that post-cred scene, right? So we, we go from Hawkins to Russia. Uh, you see spooky Russians, and they're talking about leaving the American. Mm-hmm. And then they go to another cell, they get another guy, bring him down, and basically feed him to a Demogorgon, right? Yeah. yeah. I think it's going to be a fake-out. I don't think Hopper's going to be the American. I think they'll reveal whoever that is, and it's going to be like, oh, I assumed that would be Hopper, but it won't be. Right. Yeah. Hopper jumped into the Upside Down. I thought that immediately when he was standing there is that he's not going to be able to get out. He's going to have to jump into the hole. He's been there before. He knows how to survive. Elle's going to get her powers back because she's going to hear her dad. She's going to Uh hear him. And Elle only doesn't have her powers because she doesn't want her powers. That's why. That's her problem. Yeah, because the bite of the Mind Flayer would remove those. And she she's mentally blocking them herself. Yeah, I would assume that She doesn't want her powers. She doesn't want to have to kill these giant monsters she wants to hang out at the mall with her friends she doesn't mm. want to be she doesn't want the power that she has and she's gonna have to step up in order to save hopper exactly i think and you know maybe that's where season four is gonna go like oh if, if he is alive like i think the american you obviously want to think it's hopper but they referred to him as the american a lot when they were like oh the american so oh i guess that is true throughout the season yeah if if even chenko i believe is terminator's real name yeah constantly yeah. calls him the american 
Sure, so, but like that's because he's the American. He's American. Yeah. yeah. Like, Mike, so do you go, think he's alive at the end? I think, based on the popularity of his character and the reactionary nature of television yeah. writing, yes, he's alive. You I, know, he's you a fan know, obviously, David Harbour was probably sitting there saying, "Like, look, Hellboy's about to take off. I'm about to be Hellboy. <laughs> These are about to be incredibly successful just, Hellboy films." <laughs> now he just held back. Yeah, um, and I'm sure he was like. Ended on a twist because I really do not know if I can commit to more. If, if I could say, I think I agree with Joe and Cassie. I think it was a it's a big gap the portal okay. that the key was opening, but maybe he jumped through it, and then maybe the American at the end would be Matthew Modine character's Papa, the scientist from the first season, who yeah. was killed by the Demi Gorgon, quote unquote, but we never saw a body, but also. I mean, how how would they how would the Russians know about the Upside Down without an American who experienced it? Yeah, they would have to have all that information already. Uh, I have a question I want to propose to you guys. So, yes, this is the first time we saw the Demogorgon yeah. since season one. Yeah, uh, I always kind of imagine that like that is one thing; it's one entity, like one the creature. Mind Flayer, um, like the Demi Dogs. They're just like dogs they're you know that they're not sentient like the uh they have lower intelligence yeah yeah like like not like the demogorgon the whole point it's of the like demogorgon, tremors too really yeah, yeah exactly. it really is actually um, so <laughs> the whole point of the demogorgon is that it can like walk through different dimensions right yeah so it how do they portals. just have it yeah how do they just up? keep it that's my that's whole problem true, with it yeah. as well because the entire thing that they sort of write themselves into the corner with Stranger Things is, is like in season one, the Demogorgon can bite through portals. It can go anywhere. Season two, they're like, but the Mind Flayer can't. It's super important how we are the ones in control of the barrier between worlds. Why? It seems like everything could just go wherever it wanted. I think that the Russians are actually more... I hope we discover in Stranger Things 4 that the Russians are actually more in control of what's happening with the Upside Down, with the Demogorgon, mm. than we realize at this moment. And they've probably My, got some sort of barriers to be able to trap the Demogorgon like temporarily in its cell, and they don't know how much longer it's going to stay there, so maybe they're just keeping on feeding it to like try to make it stay. Who knows? Mm. True. Maybe it gets a, you know, after it has a big meal, it just takes a little nap and you just keep feeding him. <laughs> and he's very docile. He's sleeping. Let me, let me see a door open and there's like 16 Russian psychic children just. Yeah, fo- holding him there. Bay, exactly. Right? Like, that's the Russian method. Yeah, you almost right? do have to wonder if they have that. Again, they have the technology we've never seen before of the green goo that powers the key. If they were able to come up with whatever that stuff is, clearly they're doing something. Well, and this yeah. is kind of all stuff that was set up in three. I think with the idea of like three closes a door, right? Huh? Uh, uh, but there will be a new one that opens for four, right? Um, and like, I guess it's important to note it has not technically uh, been renewed. No, it still is not. Um, right, right. The executive producers have said like, "Yeah, we're working on it," but like Netflix is tightening that belt. If numbers aren't great, or or they decide it's not worth it, it might not come. I think it's definitely coming, and I think it's... I don't know if we're going to see, like... There's a lot on Netflix that, like, people, like... It's like, what? What is that? This is a Netflix original? I think we're going to see less of that that and more Stranger Things. Like, stuff that has a proven track record is going to continue on. I just hope that they continue to be creative with it and to be less reactionary and just 
do fun stuff. Don't do what you think everyone wants you to do. Just do stuff that's un- like really unexpected and is good for the plot and good for the characters. Hey, yeah, don't g- Game of Thrones it. Hey, here's an update that nobody has talked about that came with the Season 3 drop. Did everybody notice that the HUD and uh, view screens of the Netflix app and, you know, everything that you use it on has changed its labeling and marketing? They're going by the N now. You see the big red N branded on everything. Used to say Netflix original on everything. But no, Season 3 of Stranger Things was the first where they dropped it and says, no, N movie or N series. Huh. They have a new bumper. I hadn't even noticed that. Oh, yeah. I mean, now you know what it is, is kind of, I think, what they're hoping for. The great thing about the letter N is it looks the same right side up or upside down. <gasps> da, 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 da. Sort of. <laughs> um, I wanted to also t- think about season four is Joyce is moving to Chicago, and I did confirm that that's where Eleven's sister Oh, went. okay. So, so maybe, okay, so Mike, damn, are we going to see that character more next season? Oh, people are, are we, dying for eight to We come are back, dying right? for it, yeah. Um, I I thought that maybe if this was the finale season that Eleven would have to make a call like, hey, we need more psychic kids down here. This mind flayer is crazy. And like she'd show up with her punk rock van. Uh, Didn't happen, luckily. But no, instead we call Paul Reiser, who can just walk in (laughs) in a finale and just look around. (laughs) Yeah. So season four, I'm thinking it will probably involve eight and the other lost children. Maybe some of them are in Russia. I, I made this pitch to Joe off pod before uh, the season ended. I thought we would get a little more into the Steven and Steven payoff of, you know, the the thing about Steven Spielberg and Stephen King work is eventually the joyful child wonderment falls out and you see the fallout of that. You know, you see the sadness, you see E.T. leave and, and Billy is sad. You see the adults grow up in, a, in an it style thing i thought we would get that flash forward maybe at the tease of the finale we'd see the kids older we'd get out of the 80s and then maybe explore that for a couple seasons now i have no idea where we're going they absolutely have to commit to the kids being older because are you guys looking at caleb lachlan like yeah. he is these kids are aging yeah. up yeah so they yeah. really gotta like I saw that kid. He has abs now. Clearly, they're like, Lucas is the strong one. (laughs) Lucas is the, he is hitting puberty, like, right on the nose. And it's, it's being very nice to him. And I feel like poor Dustin. I think he's gonna, he's gonna be Uh, a late bloomer. Finn looks like he's 25 Finn Wolfhard looks like Mr. Fantastic in those clothes. They're, (laughs) they were cutting off at the armpits. I loved it. We had this discussion too, um, over here and it's like i think dustin is going to be the most attractive person to come out of stranger things once he goes through it finn looks like you said like mr fantastic like he is he's he's stretching like putty right now yeah man (laughs) yeah yeah and will looks exactly the same yeah 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 changed at all i like that i like that there are those varying levers levels though because that's what it's like when you're a kid like you're riding your bikes and all of a sudden like one of you looks wildly different and the other one's still exactly the same like that happens and that fits his character for like everyone else is literally growing up yeah and then will is kind of not um did you guys um i want to ask because this hit came out did you know about the secret voicemail that you can call for stranger things season three no i do not so you know the Murray character, the conspiracy guy? Brett Gelman, the best, yep. Yeah, he's amazing. He's awesome. He just chews through all the scenery. He's great. Um, he has a phone number you can call, 
Uh, you can look it up online. And basically, it's you go to his voicemail, and he has a voicemail, which I'm going to read here the part for Joyce. And it says, this is Murray on his voicemail saying, if this is Joyce, thank you for calling. I've been trying to reach you. I have an update. It's, well, probably best if we speak in person. It's not good or bad, but it's something. And that's okay, it. Okay, okay. I next season predictions are we out of hawkins are we out of hawkins do we go to chicago the entire time we ended with uh mike saying hey there's thanksgiving i thought maybe even christmas day or are we one of those holidays Mm -hmm. uh it's got to be a couple years they got to be in high school a couple years I'm thinking this. I'm thinking we'll get our next season pretty fast if we get it, guys. See, that's my question. Though. Yeah. Like we've waited over a year in between seasons each time. So if it's not this Christmas and it's next Christmas, I mean, like, yeah, that's that's my question: is how long do you think we have to wait for Stranger Things for? This Christmas is Star Wars, so yeah. Like, if you've looked at pictures of the kids at the red carpet, I would buy that. They're all like freshmen in high school. So Mm -hmm. I would buy that. And also, I would love to see some upside down action in an urban environment. So Mm, I really do hope we get some like upside down crazy times happening. Like, I don't think they're going to move to like downtown Chicago, but like, I hope Elle gets to see the city more, you know, and and not be like, you know, she's normal for now. And I think that'd be a really interesting setup. Well, another thing, too, is she could meet up with her sister and say, hey, I lost my powers can you help me out? Yeah, Mr. Yeah. Miyagi, I'm back for me. Ooh, very true. Yeah, I and... hope the start of next season is everybody coming to visit them, you know, opposed to everybody else in Chicago, and everybody's comfortable. Will has a new crop of friends that he's the popular kid for. Maybe he even has a girlfriend, and everybody's kind of like, oh, okay, <laughs> you know, and that's kind of the little joke. L, L, are your powers back? I don't know. I, I honestly haven't tried. I'm kind of Jane now. I have all these friends. I'm doing really good in school. I speak in complete sentences this season. Yeah. 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 Um, I think that's great to get everybody to Chicago because then you get the whole urban thing. I think whoever is in Russia needs to be a main character because he's going to be the point of view for the entire Russian side and how that ties in. So I think Papa is a little not as important enough as Hopper. That's just the very Magnum P.I. Very true. They love yeah, him. Yeah, very it, true, Mike. And who's going to solve the Russia side? Like, who do we have left? It's not going to be Jonathan and Nancy. It's not going to be no, Murray. No, Yeah, but I pray to God it's not going to just be like a doppelganger situation of like, here's some scrappy Russian kids and scrappy Russian teenagers. And I'll be like, oh, I don't want this at all. No, no, no. Don't. Well, that's made for netflix russia in soviet um, union upside down is down upside things are strange <laughs> yeah strange things um what, what's good about chicago too is it's like again the 80s john hughes movies were always in the chicago illinois area so you can kind of tap into some of that especially if we're hitting high school that's a good point mike yeah we're yeah. about to ferris bueller it yeah so i like and joe carey did that a uh, pizza commercial that was a ferris bueller copy you know so He's had experience in that vein. I don't know if you guys have seen that. I have not. Hilarious. I'm going to watch it the minute we get off this. It's a shot-for-shot remake of Ferris Bueller scenes as he's like talking about Pizza Hut or something. Oh, so he's just stuck in the 80s, huh? I oh. think it's Domino's. Sorry. Oh, I just lost our check. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> there goes our sponsorship, Mike. <laughs> yep, yep. That's my hopes for season four. I wish we didn't need it, but if we get it, yeah, bring us to Chicago, get him in high school, and I like that they're all visiting them. They don't go back to Hawking. You know, we've kind of run that well dry. 
Can I get some favorite moments just from the season three overall? Uh, I'll start just a couple of things that I don't really see anybody kind of talking about. Will destroying Castle Byers, you know, that yeah. was a very big growing up moment. Everybody's like, Will didn't have anything to do this season except touch the back of his neck. Hey, he's fucking crying in the rain, breaking his shit. It's like, Lucas doesn't get that. Lucas never gets anything. No. No. Uh, and then I would definitely say that my favorite last moment was throwing the devil's breath, the fireworks, at the Mind Flayer's rat body once it burst in in that last episode. The start to the last episode, from the moment... I watched it a couple times, so I'll, I'll be honest with you guys. The season three finale. The start of L in pain, removing the piece of the Mind Flayer... To the moment that it crawls away and Hopper steps on it and all of the parties have come together. Oh, yeah. From that moment on till the credits. I mean, that's the episode. And guess what? It's a perfect fucking episode. It's got some Jurassic Park callbacks when the kids are hiding behind the counter. So, like, it's... it's And they're using the fireworks for the 4th of July, like... Brilliant. I've never seen fireworks weaponized in such a way, so I really like oh, that. No. And that episode has a particular never-ending story moment, Mike, that you might have uh, absolutely loved <laughs> that I was thinking about you the entire time I was watching it. Yeah, you know that that's going in this episode, probably once we're done with this segment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up that I liked, the very opening is them going to the movie theater in the mall to watch Day of the Dead. Uh, Dawn of the Dead came out earlier. That was set in a shopping mall, but Day of the Dead is about an underground military base where the threat is actually other people, not the zombies. Yes, and it's about living in a post-zombie world, you know, a post-mind-flayer world, yeah. So you have the Russian base underground. So I knew there was going to be something underground just because they went to Day of the Dead. Um, Well, the other movies in that category, The Stuff. Have you guys seen The Stuff? It's a health movie, horror movie about, like... um, kind of like Soylent Green where you eat something that turns you into a zombie. Like I was thinking about that the entire time too. I was like fucking perfect. Oh, like fertilizer? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, all these chemical reactions so I can become a bubble and then blob my way over to my main body. Bloop. I like the Mind Flayer. I think I prefer the Demogorgon, the shark on land that can strike through dimensions, but the yeah. Mind Flayer is cool enough. I like that the he Mind Flayer had a voice. I like that he was a character. I liked him more than the yeah. I like both of them more than the Demidogs. Because they're just dogs. Tremors too, yeah. Um, yeah, I think some of the highlights for me was yeah, just that final episode was epic. And I think the sauna test is the best. When they trap Billy in the sauna room and he breaks through the glass. And then you see like him breaking down because it's too hot. Oh, yeah. like that, that episode is from there on it just takes off. Oh yeah, so. and you got to keep in mind that is his sister, or at least half-sister, who's engaging and participating in it. And there mm-hmm. is that sort of tension in the background where she's like, okay, we'll do this test, but one, no, he's not the bad guy, and two, we're not going to hurt him. And once it ramps up, and that energy, I mean, when he is crying and recoiling, and then lurching forward and bursting through the glass, you can see the terror in her face and realization of like, oh, one, my brother's gone, two, we're fucked. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's fucking awesome. Even in the last two episodes, Nancy has a gun, and then Max says, are you going to kill him? She says, it's it's just it, just in case. It's just in case. Because he's just still concerned even then. Because so. she never stood up to Billy. That's the thing. I wish she had a moment where she stood up to mind-flayed Billy to like redeem herself like Clegane Bull. Yeah. I wish she had to kill him. Yeah. That would have been dark. That's the Game of Thrones. But like she had to confront the bully, and he's also the villain now. I mean, yeah. All of the nuances in Hopper's madness in the beginning, like him screaming at Finn Wolfhart, like, it's your grandma. She's real sick. Get in the car. 
Like oh, when he just takes him out to the woods, so funny. Um, and every time he fought the Terminator, uh, you lying oh, bastard. Yeah, yeah. When when Hopper just goes full uh, vulture on. Mike, oh, <laughs> that's a great way. To I put will it. allow you to continue dating my daughter. Uh, what a yeah. maniac! It's, I'll uh, I'll have one of your chianties, please. It's chianti, sir, and you cannot take that bottle off the premises. <laughs> Chief of police, I can do whatever I want. Uh, yeah, and then like every time he fought the Terminator, it was like Raiders of the Lost Ark, indie verse the German mechanic, mm, especially mm-hmm. the ending mm. where like he gets chopped up. Oh, like, Joe, exactly the best fight in movie history, that Indiana Jones fight, and yes, definitely paralleled a thousand times in this. Yeah, so I loved all that. Any other notable highlights, lowlights? Before we go talk uh, about some of the other media, Maya Hawk, the best uh, introduced character. Uh, yeah. Not a low light for me. I hate to see this, to- just toxic fandom in general. Uh, if you go to any posting message board or anything about any articles about Stranger Things, you're going to see about 10, 20 comments on it that say, Erica sucked. Why did they include this character? Why did they include another girl character? Why did she talk like that? It pulled me out of it. Oh, they have to push their gay agenda on another one of these characters. Maya Hawk sucked. Oh, uh, she was a stupid character. Again, guys, it's like, you just gotta fucking laugh. Oh, it's yeah, not it's kids playing D&D again for three hours in the basement? Like, oh no, we're getting more developed, interesting characters? How fragile do you have to be? Yeah, and like, I don't know why people didn't like Erica's character, uh, Priya Fer- Ferguson. Oh, the My Little Pony thesis is incredible, guys. You like My Little Pony. My Little Pony is fantastical, therefore you are a nerd. No, no, I don't. What are you talking yep. about? I mean, that's great. And she's like, Operation Child Endangerment? Like, yeah. that's great. Because that's what it, So you watch The Goonies, and you're like, this is definitely Child Endangerment. Why is no one mentioning it? And then she does. I think it's great. So, haters gonna hate. Stranger Things 3 was... Let's go ahead and say it's not my favorite season. It's my second favorite. Season 1 oh, is my favorite. I'll, I'll, I'd ask you guys to do that real quick. I'll rank them out. Uh, season 3 to me, number 1, and then I'll go 2 and I'll go 1. Mike, I, you know, people say jumping the shark like it's a terrible fucking thing. A show can jump the shark. Season 3 to me fucking landed the shark, man. Uh, they embraced. They were like, you know what? We're a goofy blockbuster 80s nostalgia fest. Let's just embrace that. No, I absolutely agree. Let's just go even harder into the 80s, harder into the callbacks, and that'll be that. Yeah, Colin, I think it's interesting that you're 3 2 1. Uh, I would say 3 1 2. But you do like season 3 the most. I, I like season 3 the most because it's yeah. my favorite characters, something to do. Um, and, like, not that Hopper doesn't always have stuff to do, but, like,. I loved watching him fight the mayor. Every time he fought the Terminator, he's funny. He's charming. There's such a a heartfelt moment at the end with Elle. And I like that Elle got to, like, smile. Yes, (laughs) and be a person. It's very hard to go back to season one and to watch it when she's literally just a shaved head baby who says no words. And you're like, that's just not the character I want to watch anymore. (laughs) I, I like that she's got more of a personality and she's, like, going through more, um... And, like, it's the pinnacle of, of, of Dustin and Steve, right? So, like, that, yeah, it was introduced into, but this is where it's, like, I just love the idea of, like, implied best friendship. And, uh, and you get that really hard in this. Yeah, he's got nobody else. It's Henderson uh, and uh, Harrington, man, you know? And that transition from, like, being the cool guy in high school to now, like, you work at an ice cream shop and you're not going to college and your best friend is, like, a kid. It's, like, 
and he's trying to figure out who he is. Like, you're a nerd too, Harrington. Just like, get with it. Uh, I agree with Cassie in that I think the setup for Stranger Things 4, if we get some scenes where they're at the movie shop and, like, it's set there, like, that's ripe for comedy, guys. Like, it's going to be perfect. I'm expecting yeah. at least a couple scenes where they're watching scenes from movies as game plan for whatever the mystery yes. is. Yes. That's, that's exactly the Dragon's Lair, the D&D, like, exactly that same kind of concept. I love it. Do we get all of our rankings? I think Cassie. I think I think it's going to be impossible to recreate the magic of the original Stranger Things. Um, everyone's forgotten about Barb at this point. Uh, which is I think something that they need to remember again, like please continue killing characters. Um and you know they killed Bob last season and that was like such a huge deal. We didn't really get that this season, though. So, like, I don't know. I think this season was my least favorite. I think it goes one, two, wow. three. So you're not alone. Wow, in that, really? And there's a lot of people who think it's too '80s, too like self-referential. But it's like at this point. Oh, Mike. The two things I want to comment on that real quick: too much product placement, too much smoking. Fuck you. I remember yeah. it, dude. One. And have you been to a shopping mall? <laughs> yeah, dude. The mall was full of shit products that was the fucking point they're placed yes at the you know uh swimming pool when we're watching billy enter the first time is every mom's new coke can facing forward to camera yeah absolutely sure that's how product placement works i understand that but the smoking again guys until 1998 in ohio people would ask me smoking or non-smoking don't act like they fucking didn't do it everywhere and anywhere they could I'm yeah. very, like, anti-censorship in general. Yeah, yes, thank just, you. Yeah, like, it's not historically accurate to just not have people smoking. I'm. It like, doesn't make me want to do it. <laughs> I'm not is... sitting around with one of my jewels going, like, oh, shit, Hopper's smoking in the mayor's office. This is so cool. Yeah, it's like, who gives a shit? Happening. It's absolutely not happening. But I think season three was just poorly written. It was the worst written of all of the series. And, like, it had its moments. Maya uh, Hawk's character was really great and it's good to i did not know that they like evolved that like on site like her the development of her character that's very exciting and i think they mm-hmm. need to like let it be more organic but like just write it a little better please like get back to your roots of you know kill your darlings and please have some unexpected twists that and just yeah don't game of thrones it I mean, I love how Hopper died this season, but everyone just assumes he's coming back so yeah. hard. It's like, oh, there's no loss. It's like, well, but one even, of the main characters died. Even the fallout for Bob, we see that only in the first episode with the magnets dying. And then after that, you're kind of like, it doesn't really matter that Bob died. <laughs> it's like, yeah, who fucking cares about anything? You know, we get our Jack and or our Sam and Diane relationship. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I never cared about Barb. Like, oh, is, is man. Is that a hot take? Now you're, yeah, now you're in trouble. I guess. Well, it's like she's the virtuous one who's like, let's not drink and do bad stuff. And then she's the one who gets killed. You know what I mean? So it's like. Yeah, Jason should have left her alone. Yeah, other the normal rules of horror, right? But Stranger Things doesn't care about that. Um, I remember Hopper mentioned that Eleven loves Magnum P.I. I thought for sure at the end it would be Joyce and the Byers family snuggled down with a blanket Uh, with Eleven watching Magnum P.I. Yeah, that would have been nice too. Credits, but you know. That's Stranger Things for me, guys. I don't know about you. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to four 
Previous to this, I would have conversations with people where after season two, they said it was a little bit more of a like peanut show or just very lowbrow entertainment. We lived through the cultural phenomenon of July 4th. We've seen the Nielsen ratings where they have even, this is the first time that they've been able to tackle Stranger Things since Netflix has let them into their data a little more. It's a fucking hit. Like, it is a phenomenon. I think we're going to get more. I'm super excited for more. I think I saw a statistic, and I, I don't quote me, but it was something like 16 million people who'd finished the entire series within a week. Within like, three days of that I'm, July 4th weekend. Imagine a network show getting 16 million views for Imagine every episode. Imagine a movie. I mean, some of those aren't doing so well, guys. How many, how many sittings did you watch the show in? Oh, I would say it took about four. From pilot broken up to about three others. I did three because I was traveling and we caught the rest of it on an airplane and saved the finale for when we got back. Oh, there you go. Yep. Uh, Three, we watched the first two episodes the first night and then two and then four. Wow. Well, Stranger Things season one, two, and three are on Netflix. They're all fantastic, but that's not the only place Stranger Things media comes from. We also have comics and video games in the Stranger Things universe, and we're going to chat about those real quick coming up next on Normies Like Us. We're back. We're heading to the arcade. We're heading to the comic book store. We're talking Stranger Things. And, you know, it's the 80s, so we're at our tabletops. We're playing our arcade stand-ups. We're combing through our comic books. It's not on our iPads, guys. No, no. We're talking Analog and Dragon's Lair. Yeah, unfortunately. Gattaca and Galaga. Do you know the difference? I do. (laughs) And unfortunately, what we're mainly talking about when we talk video games is phone games. So, Stranger Things has given their license out to Power Up Studios, which I think is a fantastic name that you can get Power Up for a video game studio. Yeah, good job. But uh, they've only released two, Stranger Things 1, Stranger Things 3. Stranger Things 1, strictly mobile. The rest of the games that they have put out are kind of very low-brow Angry Bird clones. So, you do have to wonder if, like, Netflix just said... Cheap and easy. Let's just put a video game out. These are the cheapest people who do it, sure. Uh, Joe, you said you played Stranger Things 1? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's like a Super Nintendo, original Nintendo, 16-bit screen crawler. Um, it reminded me a lot of the Jurassic Park game yes, that we played. the top-down goofball yeah. one. Yeah, so it's top-down, text bubbles, 8-bit versions of the theme song. Super mm-hmm. chunky-looking hopper. I mean, yeah. everybody's kind of got goofy sprites. So you're, at least in the parts I played, you're hopper, you're, op- you're getting key cards to turn off lasers to walk through an area. That's, that's about it. Beating people up's really easy. It's just tap on them to destroy them. That's it. At least they have, like, the sense to make it in the style of, like, an older retro game. Because, I mean, you could do, like, a Silent Hill game, which they've been cited as an inspiration. Think of, like, the way the Upside Down looks. It's very Silent Hill with the fog, you know. Totally. I have a bit of a complaint, so I got my hands on Stranger Things 3. I was super excited about this. I'll be honest with you guys. I finished this season up. Uh, 
We got our little ice cream adventures too a couple times, and I have been like trying to devour as much extra Stranger Things content as I can. So when this game came out for the Switch, Stranger Things 3, I was like, yeah, fucking absolutely. Like an idiot, paid the $20 for it. Again, Ooh. Power Up Studios, this is their first time on a console, so it's not worth the 20 Good for them that they're selling it for that much. 15 10 something like that. But Mike, you're saying closer to the era. I mean, it's like... I'm looking at it now. It's it, That's not a game that would have come out in 1985. <laughs> so, I mean, 1985, by the end of it, guys, that's when we got Super Mario for the Nintendo for the first time. That's the bundle with the Duck Hunt game. That Mike, that game does not look like Super Mario. <laughs> no, this is like fallout one on the pc yes in the 90s. yes yeah, actually that's far exactly more sophisticated yeah, yeah and i would say that that's actually pretty comparable to what the gameplay is sort of like it's a lot of walking around interacting with people doing small quests but a lot of fighting a lot of cool combat the coolest thing i'll say about it is the boss battles the boss battles are broken up into several different types where literally you're either beating up the old woman whose body is possessed by rats in an actual combat style or something like the end of the season, and it does, it just plays out the entire season. It's like a 10-hour game. It's very, again, not worth the $20. But uh, by the end of the season, you know, like when the Mind Flayer is attacking the cabin, you're doing combat where it's like the tentacles are bursting in, and you have to fix the windows and the doors, and, you know, it's more oriented towards doing stuff like objective-based. I thought it was pretty cool and actually pretty interesting combat and puzzles. Yeah, I'm looking at these boss fights. They're fighting Billy in the sauna. Dude, a fantastic fucking fight. So literally, I mean, and it plays out scene by scene where literally he gets out of there. You're L. You walk in the next room, and it's it's co-op based. You with a partner are fucking fighting mind-flared Billy. And they got a healing item that looks like a new Coke. Yeah, yeah, it is new so Coke. They, they got deal. that in there yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's ripe with product placement as well. Trust me. And yeah, yeah, they had, say that there's, like, extra story, quote-unquote, but it's just missions. Like, literally, if you were trying to fill in the stuff of, like, Max and L need to go confront Billy's. Can you find their red and yellow rain slickers? Oh, well, okay, I'm going to spend ten minutes doing this. Oh, this adds to the story of Stranger Things. <laughs> no. I didn't realize that it was under the bed. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so yeah, what geez. characters do you play as? So you get eight characters. Uh, it's Steve, Eleven, uh, Hopper, Joyce, Dustin, Mike, Lucas, Nancy. Oh, and Jonathan. Oh, so maybe it's nine or ten, actually. Um, I was actually pretty shocked that uh, you don't get to play as Robin, unfortunately. So I was kind of mm-hmm. hoping that she would either be like the secret or the last unlocked character. The last boss fight, I'll say, Joe, that you would fucking love is the Hopper-Joyce boss fight in the key you can't hurt the Russian. He's indestructible. He has to walk into like electrical fields that the key's shooting off it, which is like exactly how he dies in the show. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I thought it was very cool. Wow. Now the boss fights do seem pretty creative, so yeah, give him credit for that. Yeah, Maybe but again, no super simple combat. And again, when I say ten hours, I mean you could. That's if you're really just walking around town doing nothing and like, mm-hmm. well, I better find that newspaper. 
Mm. It's a shame you don't get to use uh, Steve's bat from season two then. No, no, it's weird that the items that people use, like like Dustin's attack mode is remote controlled robots. And you're like, okay, well, that's like from the first part of episode one where like the ro- like L brings the robots alive to chase him. That's weird. He doesn't do that. Like you would think he would yeah. use, you know, one, like the spray or, you know, like seven other different things. Something. Meanwhile, Erica... Yeah uses the taser that she picks up in the mall, or, you know, like when she's traveling underground the mall. It's like, what? So, uh, very weird. Uh, license games, you know. Yeah. They're a treasure trove I recommend of decisions. It. If you're looking for more Stranger Things content, this video game, yeah, I would recommend it. I'd recommend it over the first one. I got my hands on that as well. The graphics, again, this was their Power Up Studios' first time ever putting a game together, it looks like, and you just got to give them credit. So. Yeah, I mean, if anything, I wish it was more like Mario Brothers and you were just Hopper in the Magnum P.I. outfit jumping around. Literally Hopper. Instead. Yeah, well, yeah. you could have just literally reskinned an old video game. You're right. And yeah, just, I would have taken that over. Yeah. It's Flappy yeah. Birds with L. She's, you know, projecting herself up. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Flappy L. Yeah, Flappy L. I, this other one that you have in the notes, however, looks pretty interesting to me. The um, hidden Stranger Things game on the Polaroid website. Yeah, that's another thing where they were doing tie-ins for Jonathan's camera where it was like, go to Polaroid.com. Oh, Stranger Things. Click this link in the corner. And then you're just playing like a browser-based Flash game. Again, not as complex or interesting, but cool and fun. I mean, it looks like a Dig Dug clone. Yeah. And I like some Dig Dug in the Upside Down. So, you know. Well, you know, it tied into season two and that whole Dig Dug storyline. Yeah, so you know what? I guess uh, just go play Dig Dug, guys. Don't, yeah, don't go that to the Polaroid website. Just play the <laughs> 80s games that they're playing. Just play Dragon's Lair. Dragon's Lair, yeah. Dig Dug, all that good stuff. Yeah. So what about the comic side? What do we got over um, as far as that? Because it's such a cool universe. People love it. So Comics, sure. you got two big ones, basically. You've got the tie-in. Everything's through Dark Horse Comics. You've got the tie-in from Netflix that came out right after the first season. This actually does fill in a little backstory. It follows Will in the Upside Down. So it's four issues of him literally just, how did I get here? What's going on? How do I survive? You see from his point of view the sequence of Joyce figuring out the lights and how to communicate with him through that way. Again, super cool, super supportive uh, to to the overall material. And then the second one, which I thought was really stupid actually, is called Six. Now, this chronicles another lost child being raised in the same program as Elle. Oh, no. So now that, Maybe that plays into season four, though. We were talking about what happens. You know. Maybe. We don't know yet. Only two issues of the four-issue run have been released. Uh, and really, it's only just starting to tie in. Again, I get a little confused because I thought the overarching story in season one was that the government had all of these kids already, right? Wasn't it that they had tested on a group of women who were already pregnant to try a bunch of psychedelic drugs to see what the effects would be on the unborn fetuses? I thought... Because I thought they were just... People were identified around the world because one person did live in Russia. They were at the swimming pool, right? Oh! That lady who had the kid. Um, So there is a kid in Russia, unless they collected them all. Oh, I don't know. I, I didn't remember that. Part I need to rewatch season two. <laughs> that um, sounds a little like uh, Umbrella Academy, too. That's oh, yeah, shit. that kind of does. You know what? I think Dog. Might be oh, I just did. <laughs> hey, which, interestingly, is a Dark Horse comic, Mike, so maybe I, that I is why you're flipping it up. 
disregard that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait right. for Ella to join the Umbrella Academy. Well, that's basically what they got. The X-Men and the Umbrella Academy light, you know. Yeah. And Six. So Six, her specific thing is is that she's just a little girl who eventually gets kind of donated to Matthew Modine's program. She's precog. You know, she can see the future. Uh, so eventually in the second issue, right at the end, they tease that she starts to see a Demogorgon. But again, she's pulled out. Uh, we have seen that she has been observing the chronicles of a newly introduced little girl who just joined the program. I'm sure that's Eleven. Right. But again, the timeline, you know, she's like in her, te- her late teens already if Eleven's just being introduced. So I, I don't I hope we never see this character. And this is just happening now. Like the yeah. run hasn't even finished, right? No. No, no, no. So, again, if you want to jump into this right now and you're like, oh, Stranger Things, where can I get more? I guess this. It doesn't feel like Stranger Things. It really doesn't look like Stranger Things. It's not even very colorful art or very interesting or engaging. It's just kind of muted and dumb. So, so pick up the Will book. Yeah, that <laughs> book looks great. The, the Will book, absolutely. Yeah, I would absolutely recommend that. Cool. Yeah, that one looks gorgeous. Well, that's the other media of Stranger Things, so let's go ahead and get back right side up and try to wrap this thing out before the uh, Russian key explodes and kills us all. We're back, and uh, you know it's really hot out here in California today. But it looks like you guys have a nice treat in front of you. I wish I was in the same room. What is going on that over there, guys? That is right, Mike, our friend. So we're talking about how Stranger Things is the cultural phenomenon. There's been a couple things, uh, you know, that they've brought back that they've retouched on. Us specifically, me, Joe, and Cassie, we did get the chance to out here in Burbank, California. They changed Baskin Robbins into the official Scoops Ahoy, the ice cream parlor from the series this year. We got a chance to go out. Uh, I'll, I'll tell the story for so us. So jealous. We went. It was super packed. Uh, I did not plan properly that it, it would be so engaged. So we were like, fuck this. Let's just take pictures in front of it and go to a different Baskin-Robbins nearby. Uh, that's what everybody else thought to do, too. So when we showed up at that second Baskin-Robbins, they basically had nothing. So oh, we've no. tried some of the ice cream. I've gone back a few times and tried this USS Butterscotch in a milkshake form. But right now we've got an official court right here. And uh, I'm going to get a spoonful. Yeah, you guys want to get wow. some um, You guys have the official Scoops Ahoy SS Butterscotch. It's, the USS it's got butterscotch. butterscotch. It's got little bites of toffee inside it as well. Uh, like I said, I had the milkshake, and it is fucking fantastic, guys. They've got a couple different things. They've got Demogorgon ice cream cone bowls. They've got... 11's oh, upside, 11 down upside down fudge shake. yeah what was the, uh, okay. the one that you had called? it was called the l lemonade so <laughs> never crazy. once has 11 talked about enjoying lemonade but no. sure uh what There's do you guys think about this joe ego waffle cone yeah why wouldn't that's you do that for him this is this is fucking delicious <laughs> dude the butterscotch is good it's milky it's fucking creamy right mm. I want to put it on a boat with a waffle cone sail and slide it across the table. Yes, <laughs> you, and you could. You could get the uh, the um, the uh, banana splits instead. Bl- banana split boats that they were doing as well. I'm sorry, I'm getting scoop after scoop of this. There's been a couple oh, yeah. tie-ins. Joe, the new Coke. You got to taste some of the new Coke that they re-released. Yeah, as I well. did a uh, I did a new Coke uh, blind tasting. So we put Coke in oh, one wow. in one cup, new Coke in one cup. Could not tell the difference. Um, <laughs> at all. Hmm. 
Mike, All have right. you ever had new? Co- I've never had new Coke. I have not, but now I want to do the blind taste test. No. The I Coke challenge. I have no challenge. idea why this is a fun fact, but I just looked on the thing, and this is kosher dairy. So, oh. all my Jewish friends, this is kosher. <laughs> so. Hey, there you go. Hop on down to Scoops Ahoy. Are they still running that? How long is Scoops so Ahoy? So it goes until the 14th. So we're a couple. Today. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're right on so it. So as of release as of recording. Of this, yeah. uh, we're done. It's done. So, you know, all that exists is this single quart. <laughs> Everything else <laughs> yeah, that's gone. why it's going to stay in my freezer forever. And it says Netflix official merchandise on the back. Yeah, I mean, again, they fucking did it up, guys. Uh, also out here by us, the actual mall that they shot and converted into Starcourt was in Atlanta, where they did the bulk of the filming for Stranger Things this year. Okay. Uh, but they did change a mall out here by us into a Starcourt mall as well, and they were showing... Daryl and the stuff, I believe, two of the films again featured in the marquee this season. Uh, I, I'm just blown away. I'm just blown away by the cultural impact. Uh, how about this, Mike Lamel, the guy who sings um, "Turn Around," the never-ending story song. He yep. he sent out a quote yesterday that was like, "Look, guys, I have no idea what Stranger Things is. This is awesome that everybody's super excited. The checks has been very nice. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, it's just it's it's a cool it's cool what it's getting us to remember. That's what I like about it. You know, this show has you know been about niche to normie and looking at the most niche and the most normie things, how things went from niche to normie. Stranger Things has been such a huge vehicle for." Things like D&D or Dragon's Lair in arcade culture, video stores, don't forget all that. Even NeverEnding Story. I wonder how many more people stream that movie just after Stranger Things 3 dropped. I bet there's a big spike, a correlative spike. So um, that's, you know, obviously one of my favorite movies and books. I have a tattoo of it, for God's sake. So that scene was very effective for me. I see that Um, RN shining right now. I see it. Oh, yeah, it's out there. So, um yeah, I just love that they remind us of stuff we like, but it's still original enough. I'm okay if there's callbacks and just, yeah, never-ending story. Watch that next, people. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, there's a, a lot of hate for how it's like nostalgia bait, right? Like, you hear a lot about that. So I just want to go on a really, really quick rant. Um, Indiana mm-hmm. Jones is the same exact thing. It's just, it's a oh, culmination of all of the things that Spielberg and Lucas loved. That's what the Duffer Brothers did with Stranger Things. So if you hate it because it's nostalgia bait, then you gotta hate things like Indiana Jones. You gotta hate anything that pays homage to the past, and that's the whole point of filmmaking. Like, if you if you hate Stranger Things, then you probably hate Quentin Tarantino or Steven Spielberg himself because they are all paying homage to the people who came before them, the same way the Duff yeah. Brothers are. Thank you, Joe. I think a guy like Quentin Tarantino must hate cell phones and Stranger Things and stuff like that so fucking much. For our own ability to look at things and be like, oh, yeah, I remember that, too. Or, uh, no, 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 I, I don't know what you're talking about. I can just bring it up on my phone. Yeah, but, you know, I remember this because I was there and I remember all these things and it's so much more important that I remember them. Hey, fucking relax. It's cool that we all enjoy it, dude. Yeah. And no gatekeeping. like, we enjoyed Stranger Things enough to go and get ice cream from the fucking show. So. Yeah. yeah. Pretty and big I've... cultural impact. Yeah, and, you know, I'll watch season four. I'm, I'm a little, uh, I'm cautiously optimistic. You know, I thought they had a nice emotional button, but if they're going to keep going, they have to because Disney's getting their own service. They're going to lose all the Marvel stuff. Everyone's got their own service, so they really got to push their, their strongest IP, which is Stranger Things. 
I would say, hey, look forward to this Halloween. You know, I made a prediction on other pods that we've done before. Uh, Beefy Thor will probably be the main costume this year. I'm going to say main couples costume, Scoops Ahoy. Let me go ahead and throw that out there right now. Yeah, that's probably a very solid prediction. And there will be a lot of cross suspenders uh, hitting the streets this summer. Hell yeah. Any other final thoughts from anyone? I mean, I gave my my little button. Anyone else have anything to add before we uh, get on out of here? I think I'm good. I think Stranger Things, you know, check it out. People obviously know. If they haven't checked it out, they made it all the way here. Now they know all the spoilers, so sorry. Yeah, listen to our other episodes where you're like, oh, they do a Stephen King episode, or oh, they do a, uh, you know, an 80s episode on this and stuff. Stuff we've covered. Yeah, exactly. Arnold Schwarzenegger. The stuff we've covered, that is Stranger Things. So if you like that, check those out too. Yeah, and be on the lookout for more episodes coming soon that'll pay homage to the things we love that the Stranger Kids things love too. D&D, Spielberg, Colin, I love that idea. Uh, In the Mm -hmm. meantime, follow us, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. Uh, Go ahead and email us suggestions of stuff you want to see. And, uh, you know, thanks for reading, normies. Yeah, catch you on the Upside Down. This has been Colin. Mike. Cassie. And Joe. We'll see you next time. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. See ya. Hello there, normies. Uh, This is Jacob Cobb, if you will. Uh, Welcome to Cobb's Corner. And uh, you know what? I'm here to talk a little bit about Stranger Things, everyone's favorite Netflix show. Um, Yeah, Stranger Things. Um, Oh, you know what? I like Stranger Things. I like season one. I like season two. I like season three. I like all the seasons, you know? Um... Let's see. What can I say about it? Well, some people, they say that it re- it over relies on nostalgia and 80s references. And I think to a certain degree, uh, they are correct. Um, but you know what? I don't mind that because guess what? You know what? It's not the deepest show in the world, but I like it. I enjoy it. It's uh, well shot. It's well cast. I think the cast is great. Uh, it's well acted uh, for the most part. I think, you know what? They did a really good job casting all those kids. I mean, it's hard to find, you know, kid actors at that age that, you know, can grow and are still good actors, you know, as they age and mature. And I think overall they did a really good job. Um, so to go season by season, I think season one was really great when I saw it at the time. Um, I just loved it, you know. It really, you know, I just really liked it. Season two, I also really liked, but I didn't, you know, I think I like season one a little better than season two and then season three. And I also like season three and I think season three might be my favorite season yet. I would put it above season two for sure, but I would maybe season one and season three. It's very close because season one obviously was the original season and I did like the, uh, the newness of it, but season three kind of breaks the mold. I felt like season two was really kind of a rehash plot and structure wise of season one, whereas season three, they tried new things. And uh, you know what? I like that. Um, I'm going to adjust my mic really quick. So maybe cut this part out. Um, Yeah. So overall, I like all the seasons. 
Uh, but season three might be my favorite. And I might just be saying that because it's the most recent one that I've seen. And I haven't, you know, gone back and rewatched the old seasons or anything. But I really enjoyed it. And I thought, you know, it's well written. I thought the structure, the, the plot structure of season three was really well done. The way the different groups are all doing their own thing and then it kind of comes together at the end. Um, I did wish that the the Scoops troop, I wish they got a little more screen time with the other, you know, kids like Dustin. Um, I wish he would have, you know, had more time with his friends because it really felt like he was separate from the other, you know, the other kids his age in this season. But I guess last se- or first season and second season, you know, Will was kind of the one that was separated from the friend group. This one, it was like Will could actually hang out with them, which was kind of nice. Obviously, he just wanted to play some Dungeons and Dragons. They're all talking about girls, you know, blah, blah, blah. I can I can relate to that. I can relate to Will. Um, what else? What else? Well, obviously, I think Steve is, is the breakout character of the show. I mean, he's just great. And uh, especially season two and season three, where they kind of realized that they had something with Steve. And he comes... He goes beyond being kind of a one-dimensional antagonist, you know, boyfriend, asshole kind of character, and he becomes his own thing, and I think that really works. And then they brought in Billy, obviously, and Max. I think Max is a great character. Billy was a little bit one-note. I did like him a little more in season three. They gave him some uh, sympathetic background to kind of, you know, explain why he's such, like, a, a dick all the time, and I did like that. Um... And I just thought the the body horror of season three was really cool. And it really goes beyond what we've seen in, in the previous seasons with the, uh, you know, them all melding together and stuff. And it was great. And another thing I want to talk about is the casting. So obviously all the main kids, I think they're great for, for kids, you know. Uh, Eleven. I Millie Bobby Brown, I don't know if she's a great actor, but I do think she fits this role really well. And I especially like in season two when – she, you know, comes back from Chicago at the end and she's all like punked out. I think that was probably her my favorite eleven look of, of her just being like this this badass that comes and saves the day. Um Mike, uh Will, uh uh Lucas, all of them I think they're pretty good. Um Hopper, I think Hopper is great. Um what's that guy's name? I uh, can't remember. He's great though. You know, and that's this is kind of his breakout role for him. I always like him when he popped up in, in stuff before Stranger Things, and I did see him in a couple things. Um, but I'm glad he's he's kind of, you know, he had his breakout role. Winona Ryder obviously is, is great. I love Winona Ryder. Um, and even the small bit characters that they get, um, they get a lot of, like, 80s, I don't know if they're 80s icons, but, like, they had, like, Sean Astin in season two, and then this season they had, like, oh, they had Jake Busey which I really liked, who uh, was, like, in the news newspaper. And then they had um, Carrie Ewells. Ewells? I don't know how you say that. Um, Carrie Ewell was, you know, from Princess Bride and all that. Um, and he was the mayor. And I thought he was, oh, what a great little, you know, throwback. I thought he was great. And, oh, the the uh, conspiracy guy. Love that guy. And the Russian guy, Alexei. Oh, man, I was so sad when he got killed. Man. I don't know who that guy, that actor is. I'll have to look into it, but he was great. And uh, overall, I just think, you know, the chemistry between the characters, this really gelled over the last three seasons. And that's kind of what I like about this season is that, you know, we know who all these characters are. And so we just see them, 
you know, get into different relationship dramas and interpersonal dramas and then growing and maturing as, as characters. And I think it's great. You know, Hopper and, uh, and Winona Ryder, their characters work great together. Uh, I think all the kids play off each other really well. Steve and Dustin especially, they have a great chemistry. Oh, and the new um, Robin, I thought she was great too. Um, I think everyone's great in the show. I think it's really well acted and, like I said, well shot. The music is is amazing. I love the music, all the different 80s references that come in. I mean, some people, they may say, you know, what? so what? It it relies a lot on 80s nostalgia, and it relies a lot on homages to, like, Spielberg, Stephen King, all those. But you know what? What's wrong with that? You know, Tarantino, all his movies are just homages to other stuff, and people like those. So you know what? Stranger Things is good. What else can I say about it? I did like the Russians. I thought that was an interesting way to go. Kind of a new, what's it called? Uh, um, Red Dawn inspiration there, obviously. Um, kind of a basic, uh, you know, understanding of the Cold War. But hey, you know, it's not going too deep into it. If you want to see a really good show about the Cold War, watch The Americans. Um, but overall, yeah, I really like season three. Um, I thought it was great. And can't wait to see... You know, the way it ended, it was kind of uh, interesting. I don't know if we're doing spoilers, but uh, obviously there's a major character that, you know, you, we think is dead. Uh, personally, I don't think that he's dead. I think that, uh, well, you see the after credits scene or the the last scene of the of season three where it's showing the Russian Russians and they walk by and they say, oh, not the American. I think that's the uh, the character that may have or may not have died. I think he'll be back. I mean, I don't think they would kill him off like that. Uh, he's too popular, but maybe they would. I don't know. Um, and I'm excited to see what where they go with season four. I think maybe season four could be the last season. Uh, I think that could be a good season to wrap things up. Um, I don't think that it really needs to go that far beyond it. Obviously, all the kids are getting older and older. And, uh, you know, I think some of them are almost 16 and 17 now. So, I mean... You know, it's going to be kind of weird to have a bunch of 18-year-olds pretending to be, like, you know, eighth graders or something. But we'll see how that goes. And obviously, you know, um, Will and uh, Will's family moving away, I think they'll be back. I think, you know, something will happen to bring them all back to that small town in uh, Indiana together. Hawkins. Hawkins, Indiana, I believe it is. Anyways, uh, overall, great show. I think... uh, you know, people, I think sometimes people are a little too hard on it because they're like, oh, it's just uh, blah, blah, blah. It's just homages. It's just 80s nostalgia. You know what? That's not such a bad thing. Um, you know, it's good. It's good. And uh, you know what? One other thing I wanted to mention about Stranger Things before I go, I did think it was kind of a little ironic that, um, so, you know, some people have mentioned this before probably that obviously there's a lot of product placement in the show. You had Eggo Waffles. And now this season, Coca-Cola, uh, it's pretty blatant. At one point, they just, you know, completely stopped the plot to talk about, you know, new Coke for about five minutes. And that it was almost kind of so over the top to make a joke out of it. But at the same time, it is product placement. And I thought what's interesting was that, you know, kind of a theme of this season was that the the mall is destroying, you know, small town America and running all these mom and pop shops out of business. And then yet they have, you know, product placement for a a giant corporation like Coca-Cola. I did think that was a little, 
a little funny, a little ironic. But you know what? I can't hate on him too much because got to make that money. So anyways, I can't really think of anything else to say right now. So this has been Jacob in Jacob's Corner, Cobb's Corner. All right. Well, take care, normies, and I'll be back uh, next week probably with another take on something else. So we'll see how that goes. All right. Peace out, normies. Oh, hell yeah. This is Aquaman, and if you enjoyed that episode, I'd really appreciate it if you give it a like, share, and subscribe on iTunes, and you'd really be one of my man if you share with a friend. We'll be seeing you around.